To Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we got Freddy. Always keeping it spoopy. Always and forever. What I was trying to do, I was trying to actually have us all here for this one. But yeah. that didn't work. Out. Last week you were here. Now David ain't here. It's fine. It's fine. We're, we're playing tag again. We are. We're playing podcast tag. <laughs> and it, uh, I was just telling uh, the Silent Night over here that's like, oh, I wish David was here for this one. Oh, but then again, God. it could have been maybe too brutal for him. No way. He's seen the ruins. No? Uh, that's but. true. <laughs> yeah, he's seen the ruins. He's like, uh, he's prepped yeah. up for life. <laughs> we could throw any movie <laughs> at him now. Anything at him. He's no longer he's the good. virgin. <laughs> no, he's good. <laughs> uh, also known as Nightly, we are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down, discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's like what they would. Okay. By pledging on Patreon to access the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. Anyway, episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, concluding our Forgive Me Father month. <laughs> also known as our Possession Horror Month. This has been actually a really fun month. I've it really very has. much has been enjoying this month. Prince of Darkness was a blast last week. I'm talking about Event Horizon the week before that. Last Exorcism. And now we're hitting the, you know, hitting the the, the batting cages with this one. With, uh, you know, I, I, I do want to preface that I did mention that we were supposed to watch Possession on the last episode. Um, that movie is still readily not available <laughs> so my mistake on that one i have it on blu-ray thinking that it would be all fine and dandy since it got the new 4k restoration and all this other stuff no very wrong still a, a insanely big deep cut so i'm not gonna have that on here totally fine instead concluding this month off we are going to be talking about today possessor first and foremost thoughts Oh man, this is your second watch. This is my second watch. Yes, um, I remember the very first time I watched this movie. It was from a recommendation from you, saying that you really liked this movie and it's pretty out there and it's very right. like sci-fi, gory as fuck, and crazy and kind of like a you know twists your mind a little bit. Second time watch, knowing what I was getting myself into now, I absolutely adore this movie. Yeah, but it's super original. Yeah, I think it works very well. It has a lot of great themes that we'll obviously talk about during this whole entire breakdown. Uh, the acting is top notch. The direction is great. Cinematography is great. Um, I love how they just use technology in this too, where it just seems very creative. They built this world that I believe in, and I totally bought into it. I was like, I okay, this is some crazy scenarios where it's like you know, in the futuristic world, I can see this happening, or maybe right. it's happening now. I don't know. It messes with your mind. And it's all a mind game, and it's all about identity and people's like persona and how they are seen in the world. And it's it's one of those things where it's just like I'm happy to rewatch this again and again and again, yes, and gain something new out of it. And seeing how well written it is as well, and how the ending kind of plays off, it's like, wow, was this all part of the plan? 
That's so good. Yeah. So good. And it, it works really well. It's like, damn, everyone's fucking <laughs> each other up. Like, it's crazy to think about. But that's my thoughts. Yeah. No, this was my third time watching this. Nice. Um, and when I watched this for my third time, uh, I last year for the top 15 of horror films, this was my number two mm. of top 15. And... I had to recheck just to make sure, like, what, like, where did I have this? I remember it was a part of my top three for sure, but I couldn't remember where. But this was top. This was the second one, and it still hits that for me. Like, mm. this movie is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it. Like, I don't have words to truly explain right now <laughs> on how good this movie is, but. It really hits every note that I'm looking for when it comes to something sci-fi and horror related. I have to agree. This is a movie where it's like, I like it even more after an hour of watching it. Yeah. Because it gets in my mind and I start thinking about it more and more. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just like thinking about like random scenes. It's like, it all connects. It's all really good. It's like, it all makes sense. The visuals and, in, in this movie. Oh, yeah. Right insane. off the bat, when we get introduced to, like, the, the character that we'll talk about very soon. Yeah. And how how she goes through, like, that building and how it's shot. It's just gorgeous to look at. And then, of course, the violence. <laughs> of course, yeah. It, 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 this movie is brutal. so hyper-violent that... And it's not like hyper violent, like a uh, like a Jap- Japanese samurai film or something, but it is on par with that at times, in my opinion, because it just has <laughs> yeah. this veracity to the violence in this movie, and it's insane. It's it's things I wouldn't truly imagine, <laughs> like jamming a fucking fire poker in someone's mouth. Right. Like, it's it's things like that that I wouldn't truly imagine, and and. The brutality of this kind of reminds me of Eden Lake. Ah, uh, I hate that movie, but love yeah. that movie. But, you know, I know, right? It's an it icky is, movie. It's kind of fucked up, but at the same time, like it, it just reminds me so much of that type of situation. I don't I know guess. why. I feel like it has a lot of like Jalo feels too. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. With, like some of the neon lights and stuff like that, and the brutality of it, and how like how everything is shot. Mystery. I'm just like. Cool, we get real close up to like the injuries. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, definitely. Damn, okay. Yeah. You, that's brutal. Thank you for that edit. <laughs> there's a lot of neck trauma in this. Um, a lot of neck trauma. It, 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 very, I, I, a lot of very, face trauma. <laughs> a lot of general. face trauma, yes. But like, the, it, I'm, I'm very curious on like what it was with the uh, sensational aspect of the neck because it was used as both pain and pleasure right. in this movie. So I, I, I was very curious what was the uh aspect behind that right, the intention of showing yeah. that type of like situation with right. the next and a lot of stuff so it, it was very intriguing but i mm. i very much agree with you on this being like uh like a giallo-esque film for sure like i do feel like this has a lot of note notes from like uh deep red or um uh, the i'm blanking on the name but it's like one with the bird. I think it's like the crystal bird in the pl- plumage or something. I'm, I'm blanking mm. on the name, but um, it reminds me of that as well. But it's it's just something about it. But this was the movie that made me say, and it's it's kind of hard to say. Parasite should have been this movie, but this is the movie that made me say everyone needs to pay attention to Neon. Yeah, like, I get it. A twenty four is like mad hot, but right. everybody needs to pay attention to Neon. Because if they're putting shit out like this, 
because Parasite felt kind of like a one-off type of movie. Like we're never going to see something that amazing. And then they come out with this as a horror film. And then they came out with Pig and Spencer oh, and Pig. Like, oh, Spencer, like, yeah. mm. dude! Like the the movies that they come out with are incredible. And Neon, I feel like, needs to be talked about a lot more than what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, they got some bangers. And, and you just talked about two that came out this year with Pig and Spencer. And yeah, those are going to be huge movies. Come oh award God. season, probably. I just got my maybe less my, so for uh, Pig, but I just got my uh, FYC package from Neon. For nice. a consideration package, and like the amount of movies that are in there, which is like fuck. I like I, I'm happy that it gets a one rewatch pig again and right. rewatch Spencer. But like I'm, I, I so really, good. Spencer is so good, and in some ways, it's a horror movie. It like, is. Like, if you listen to so the soundtrack, good. if you listen to the score, it's, <laughs> it's terrifying. So it gives me anxiety. It's like damn. Oh my god. Like it's what's gonna so happen next? Good. I love that movie. I love that you said it feels like a horror film. Oh because my I felt god, that. it does. I felt I, that. Like, I'm so close to adding it to my top 15. But anyway, we can talk about this show yeah. a lot more in the post show because I definitely want to dive into that a lot more for Neon and how much of a god they are. Right. But um, before we do that, um, I do want to mention everybody a couple of things. Uh, something that I forgot to mention a little bit sooner um, is a shout out to our patrons. <laughs> Hell yeah, we love you. Um, so I definitely want to shout out our patrons. I actually am not logged into my account right now to do that. So one second to get all of that prepped up. But um, one thing that I also want to mention before that is that we are not going to be having an episode for New Year's Eve. Um, Since it is New Year's Eve, we're kind of going to just take the time off, rest a little bit, prep up for the new year. We're going to come back with a lot of strength, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of strength. Um, But we're definitely going to come back refreshed and feeling good. And we want to make sure that everybody is enjoying their time with their friends and family and staying safe. Obviously we are still in a pandemic, but with that said, I want to give a huge shout out to our patrons, Joseph, Daniel, um, Cyan, David, Carrie, Stuart, Brandon, Monica, uh, Anna, St- uh, Stephanie, Calvin, Drew, Matt, Andrew M, Scary Stuff Podcast, Samantha, Patrick, uh, well, Taylor, Jessica, Sandy, Jarrett, Petra, Jasmine, Chantel, Rio, Mark, Jesse, Joe, Kaylee, Rob, Eric, Day, Freddie, thank you, Freddie, my grandma, Yvonne, and my mom, Lola. Thank y'all so much for keeping the dream alive as you can see that list is getting pretty long <laughs> god damn so, yeah love you guys thank y'all so thank much you. it's been incredible thank y'all all so much i know some of you may have received your gift by now uh we haven't technically since we're recording this have sent them out yet but i'm trying to predict the future so if you received your gift yes great if not sorry <laughs> it's coming <laughs> i promise it's coming <laughs> But let's jump straight up into this plot. Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Definitely feels like a Cronenberg-esque movie for sure. 100%. Released October 2nd of 2020 with a runtime of 1 hour and 43 minutes. No budget found. With a box office, this surprised me. This really surprised me right here. A box office of $901,000. 
Not bad, actually. That surprised For a very me. indie movie, yeah. Uh, super indie, and on top of that, during the pandemic, like... That's true, too. It, yeah. It's October. October 2020. Was chaotic. It, it was chaotic, crazy. and we weren't releasing... Like, there a lot were of things vaccines. were closed. <laughs> exactly. So, like, that surprised me on how much money they made. <laughs> so, good for them. A rating of 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. Very well deserved. I didn't expect ninety four percent. Very well deserved. That's really cool. I, I love that. I reviewed this movie and I, I think I gave it four point five out of five or something yeah. like that. But like, yeah, it's right in there. Yeah, it's just goddamn, it's so good. We open to a woman named Holly filling through her hair. She finds a, a spot on her scalp, puncturing the top por- portion of her head, turning the knob of a controller, smiling, turning the knob the other direction, causing her to sob. Already off the bat, powerful as fuck. Yes. <laughs> Powerful as well. Like, really good acting right yes. off the bat. It's like, oh, yes. oh shit, we're in. So Let's do it. Good. And you're interested as a viewer because you're like, what's going on? Like, yeah. what is this knob being turned and her crying and then laughing and smiling? Like, what's like, going on? I'm in. Yeah, like, you, get you, you hooked got me immediately. In. 100%. The woman stops turning it off and walking away. The woman is now in a tracksuit inside of a hotel lobby, analyzing her surroundings until another woman calls for her, wondering where she's been. She follows the other woman into an elevator. They explain the situation that a man has been there for 20 minutes and that she will walk in first and introduce Holly. Her voice fades as Holly looks out of the window from the elevator. They continue their ascent to the lounge where muffled music is pounding throughout the floor. Holly stops, staring and caressing a tray of steak knives. She continues straight to the back of the lounge, immediately stabbing a man in his fucking neck. Damn. Mind you, everyone, this is literally 45 seconds into this movie. Basically, yeah. <laughs> 45 seconds into And we get so much, too. Oh my God. We get, like, a nice close-up shot of, like, water that looks like it's going up. It's and gorgeous. You, you can tell, like, this is going to be a very visual movie, mm-hmm. and it's going to look fantastic. You can see the very crazy art direction they go by, and then you see the lighting, you see the the room designs and everything like that, and it looks gorgeous. I agree. And the editing. I oh. feel like the editing in this movie is top-notch. Right when that knife goes in, you get an immediate close-up of that yes. neck, and it's just seeing the like intrusion of the knife going into it, and it's just like, oh, no, but it, yes. And it's crazy how easy it goes in. Yeah. It's just like, God damn, Buttery those, smooth. Knives, those knives are sharp. Ugh. <laughs> like, God damn. <laughs> anyway, everyone <laughs> screams and runs out as she continues to visually stab him. And, it, and it's just vicious. Brutal. Vicious. And like, she's bloody. She's like hacking him. And like every time she, she punctures him, she, he's... <laughs> Like, this man has zero time to react to anything that's what's happening right now. <laughs> Uh, With heavy breaths, she rubs her hand in his blood, rubbing Mm. it all around her fingers. She stands up, pulling a gun out of her white back. Sirens in the distance, her voice doubled when she asked for someone to pull her out. I love this. Pull me out. I love this. With With a cock of the gun, she opens her mouth, hesitating and sobbing, not able to take the shot. The police come into into the lounge, guns drawn. She flinches and points her gun at them. They shoot her, and she falls to the ground. A cop going over, noticing that she's still alive, he takes a shot in her cheek, killing her. It's brutal. Like, the way Even the blood that, splits yeah. out, and it's just like, damn. It's like, damn, you really had to go there. It's like, all right. And the camera just stays there. Yeah. You just see it gush out for a little bit. It's, yeah, it's um, like, I'm sure the person who was 
who was on blood work that day had so much fun pressing the butt pump button. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> Brett is like, stop. That's enough slices. Blood. A little bit more blood. That's, that's enough slices. <laughs> and I think, in my opinion, knowing this movie, watching it for a second time, Voss, who's the one controlling her and stuff yeah. like that, I feel like this is the first in, um, clue that she's losing control of her possessed people, I guess you may call them, because it feels like she was trying to transition back and kind of regain control of her body. That's why she couldn't pull the trigger, because one of the basic instincts that humans have is survival, right? She can't kill herself. So the next best thing is like her trying to get killed by the police, I guess. Yeah. Which is so, like insane. Interesting you say that. And yes, that does make sense, especially for Colin a little mm-hmm. bit later. Um, I have a theory that I still think Voss just can't pull the trigger because of her empathy. Yeah, and but she was able to do it before. Was she? They, they, they never really say it. Right. But they can like tell us like this is a problem. Like right. things are changing where it's like you're losing your own memories now and you're like there, there's a part that's gonna come up okay, I'm, that, yeah, that's I'm gonna curious. explain my theory a little okay. bit easier. Cut to the to uh, someone pulling the mask off of a woman named Voss who was in control of Holly. She gasps for air, her boss Gerder tells her to take it easy as Voss retches into a dish. Well, off the bat, we got some great actresses here. Um yeah. for Voss, we got Andrea Riseborough, Gerder is Jason is Jennifer Jason Lee, and you you're just getting great insane fantastic performances right right off the bat here and it's it's awesome. Um a man mentions that the link is completely severed as he classifies Holly's death. Voss falls back on the table with a sigh of relief. Title card. Great. This is great. Yeah. The way the title card just pops in is fucking awesome. Hell of an opening. Applaud, Brandon. Yes. <laughs> back with Voss looking at some uh, trinkets on a table. Gerder calling to her. Uh, Gerda calling to her. Voss apologizes, not thinking that she's back yet. Gerda acknowledges, asking if if she would l- like to take a break. Voss tells her um, it is fine, asking if they ha- they can finish first. Uh, she pulls out a pipe from a box, inspecting it. She knows that it's from her grandfather, sniffing it and mentioning that he died when before she was born. It was a gift from her father. And the way that she's talking right now is very much in kind of a um, a sensitive state. Right. Like she she sounds kind of concerned, tired, drained, things like that. Yeah. And when they take the mask off her at the very beginning of the movie, you can tell like this takes a this big takes a lot of body toll on yeah. you. Yeah. A lot like she of does time. not look good. No, she doesn't. She looks, she looks a little bit better now. sickly. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm sure she's just like, let's get this over with because I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> Gerder is is marking her answers on a chart, allowing her to continue. Voss pulls out a frame with a mounted dead butterfly. She knows it is hers, remembering that she felt guilty that she killed and mounted it as a child. She mentions that she still she still feels guilty about it. That is why I think I feel like that is Voss. Voss right. can't pull the trigger. And I think it's a, a matter of guilt. And I think so too. And I agree with you though, when it's the switch and the duality between her and Colin, I do think that is a lot of that has to deal with the fact that Colin is trying to gain control as well. Um, and I do feel like a lot of it is flip flip flop flip flopping. Um, but We'll get there when we get there. Right. But in this moment, I do think that was Voss. And I think Voss was completely in control at that point. I think, and this is just my perspective, um, depending on where she's at in her life as a person right now, I feel like she's gaining more empathy with maybe her losing her husband and losing 
her son and be yes. a little bit more distant. Yes. And she's regaining that whole entire connection. It's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this as a job and stuff like that. Absolutely. Because they're, I remember she like calls her. That's holding her back. In right. She calls her. It's like, oh, you're my star people. I want to make sure you're good. That's yeah. why I feel like she was like that hardcore killer at first. And I now she she's regaining. One. I, don't think, I don't think she's completely yeah. there yet. I think, and I think that's what it is. I think yeah. that's what, what's kind of holding her back in a way is the fact of this loss but um, from her husband and her son. And it's regaining stuff exactly. for like, am I doing the right thing? Right. And then it's like, all right, we have to cut ties with that. And then we see our ending, but we'll yeah. get there. Next, she pulls out a canister knowing that it, it isn't hers. Gerter checks if she's sure. And passes her as normal. With no evidence of charring, false psyche from um, from Holly. Looking back at Voss, she comments that she looks surprised, asking if she would like to flag anything while grabbing her wrist. Voss tells her no, claiming that she's fine. Gerda reminds her the importance of not withholding. She continues checking her pulse. Voss reassuring that she's fine. Gerda accepts it, slightly pleased that she applies lotion to her hands, explaining that the next large contract is almost finalized and she can't have her falling apart. And it... <laughs> It's a lot of sniffing in this yeah. intro because, like, when she puts the lotion in her hand, she sniffs her hands. Um, right. Gerder does. I feel like just, it's a lot of sensory stuff in yes. general in this movie. I, I, I agree with that. Like, like it's almost like we can smell what they're smelling, right? Without so being there, it's it's like the smells, but also like at the very beginning, like I was t- telling you about, like the slow motion of the water going yeah. up. It's like the visual stuff, and then her like feeling the blood with her hand and stuff like that. It's a lot of like. Just sensory overload. Yeah, that's of what true. The, the what the character is going through. Yeah, and it's like literally all five senses, right? Right. Like even though we can't smell what's going on right here, obviously we feel like we can because like okay, she's putting on lotion, and we can imagine lotion and right. how lotion may smell when she smells it and when she smells that pipe and things like that. Right. Voss wants to take some time. Gerder doesn't understand. She continues that she has been speaking to her husband, Michael, and she told him that she will take some time off. Gerda questions the identity of Michael. Voss conflicted uh, conflicted with the questioning if that is her husband. Gerda reminds her that they are separated. She fakes it off, reiterating that they've been talking. Gerda knows that she is in danger, in danger to them, reminding Voss um, that she said it. She said it herself. Voss can't remember if she said that. Cut to Voss leaving out of the hotel and getting into a into the back of a car with her suitcase. In the morning, she stands across the street from Michael's home, smoking from her vape, practicing how to greet her son, um, Ira, and Michael. I think his name Ira, or Ira. I think it's Ira. I think he says Something Ira. Like that, yeah. yeah. She rings the doorbell. Ira explains. Ex- or excuse me, Ira answers it, excitedly greeting and hugging his mom. She greets him back, Michael kissing her on the cheek, letting her know that they have food. Voss says uh, says the lines that she was practicing before entering entering her home, and she's like, like, um, hi, honey, or hi, sweetie, and right, all it's this like, I'm starving. Stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I'm, she just knows. Fucking perfect. And I feel like this is a really good part of um, the start of the theme of, like, identity and people pretending to be different people and stuff like that, yeah. too. And that she even has to, like, we learn who herself. she really is. Yeah, yeah. that's um, crazy. That's, yeah, that's crazy. That's nuts. They're eating together. Michael asking how how her trip was. Um, she claims that it was fine and dull. Happy to be back in town. She asks. She asks him how how his paper is going. I don't mention this, but he takes the cat off the table. Um, he does. And the only reason why I don't mention it is because, in my opinion. I don't think the, think of it as that important, but it is important, obviously, because it's constantly flashed throughout the rest of the movie. Him taking the cat off the table or the cat being on the table. Oh, yeah. It's constantly flashed in the movie. I mean, I just think it has a sense of home for her. 
Um, he answers that it is coming along, continuing the news of, of a new new editor being a social science historian. Ira asks, what is that? And Michael jokingly explains. Voss is watching the news of her, her hit of Elio Maza on Sunday night. And you know what's nuts? Did you check out the top right corner, the top left corner of that news report? No. This is in 2008. So yeah, I knew it. it All be, of this is this in could be happening right now. Like, I knew this it. This is fucking nuts. Like I love that because this movie feels like it's so futuristic. Right. Yet it's just an alternate version of 2008. And it's awesome. And you know that th- the fact that it's 2008 makes Are you sure it's an alternate version. It's not really happening. I mean, hey, who knows? But the the beautiful <laughs> part of it being 2008 is the fact that we were in the recession during that time. Mm. And us being in the recession, fucking tech companies and shit were booming like crazy. Right. The tech bubby, bubble was starting to blow. And it's it's nuts. So it makes so much sense for the company that she has to have the contract on later. <laughs> The reporter continues to reveal the killer to be Holly, explaining the horrific murder. Ira ignores it, asking his mom to do uh, what do pythons drink to help help him sleep. She doesn't know. Asking the question back to him, he jokes, gerbil tea. Haha, <laughs> kids are hilarious. They share a <laughs> chuckle as he continues typing on his laptop. She asks about a robotic toy that he has. Fucking weird toy. Creepy. Oh my god, what a weird toy. Yeah. Do you know like what it. it reminds me of? Have you ever seen Velvet Buzzsaw? Or you remember that, that movie? That sounds so familiar. It was with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, oh yeah, like the museum. Yeah, one? like yeah. the art one. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't a good movie, but like there yeah, is yeah, was... there is a robot that looks just like this fucker. You know, it's funny. I <laughs> I saw that movie. I don't even remember it. <laughs> I I don't remember it either. Yeah. To be completely honest. Netflix, I just right? Remember that robot, dude. Yeah. Um, Ira, it's so uh, creepy. It is creepy. Ira admits that Michael bought it for him and that he can, he can make it dance. He plugs in a code, showing the strange robot dance on the table. She chuckles, rubbing his head, admiring his cleverness. They are at they are at dinner with their friends Patrick and Alice. Michael shares the story about his editor Greg while Voss is cutting a wedge from an apple. This also looks very violent. The way she cuts the uh, wedge out of the apple. But it's great. It's great. You know why? Because we see it later on. From Colin. Yeah. It's awesome. I was like, that's a great callback. It's a fantastic callback. Fantastic callback. She doesn't acknowledge the story while Michael continues joking about Greg flirting with a college of women. She goes to open another bottle of wine, Michael apologizing for them uh, for staying so long. She hands him the bottle as Patrick and Alice continue conversing in the dining room table. Voss wonders why he doesn't just ask them to leave. She places her head on his forearm. Signaling sex. That's That's right. You should ask them to leave. Nothing better than putting your head on my arm. He puts down the bottle and heads back into the room. Cut to a Michael and Voss uh, getting it on. Wow, I almost made the same sound. <laughs> um, this was interesting, though. This was actually a very important. See, uh, honestly, all the sex scenes in this movie are oddly Pretty, important. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it, it, very visually telling of like what's going through the character's mind yes. as well. And when you first see her, she's just like lying still, right? Not doing and you anything. can tell it's like this is not going to bring me happiness. Right. Like she like you can tell like she wants this to bring her happiness so bad. Right. But it's that's not. where she she's trying to combine both worlds. She's trying to be her past self. Yes. But there's a new self. So when when it like leads on to like a little bit of like choking, a little bit more violence, then they really get into it. Word. So it's kinda like combining both worlds of her being a very violent person, her job, and then what she was probably before, which was a lot more Yeah. She's a top. Yeah. 
There you go. Voss clearly, you go. <laughs> clearly not present in the switch. moment, but thinking, but thinking back on her, uh, her kill as Holly, she comes back, essentially biting on Michael's neck. Yeah. So once that again, was biting, not choking. Yeah. So like she, she brings that back. But like I said, like with the trauma on necks in this movie, it's right. both pleasure and pain. It's yeah. it's so intriguing to me. Voss calls um, Gerda from a different room, apologizing for not being herself yesterday, thinking that she didn't she didn't fully shed when they tested, but she's ready to work now. Asking her uh, to call her back, she hangs up. She hangs up the phone when she hears uh, Michael coming down coming back down the stairs. He asks who was who that was. She tells him work and that she might have to fly out again. He thought that they were on, that she was on a break. Um, she excuses that something something has come up. He asked for her to move back in with them, commenting that he hates this. She stares at him with an intriguing and shocked look. He calls out to her as, as she imagines his neck with the puncture wound she inflicted on Elio. Mm. Voss checks on um, Ira, or Ira asleep in, in the bed. She leans down to sniff his hair and, and bedding. Once again, yeah, yeah. that sensory overload that you said, Chris, now like with the slow motion of the blood and then we had the touch with the biting and now we have the sniffing again. Like it's <laughs> it's so it, it's just like you said, it's just that sensory overload mm-hmm. cut to Gerder asking Voss if she if she is losing her. She believes that she is becoming old and that she can um, barely recognize herself anymore. And, Va- uh, and Gerda is saying this about herself, not about Voss. Adding that she's too old for the machine and she can't take the strain anymore. She places some medicine into a glass of water, explaining that it's important to her for uh, uh, to find a replacement. Thinking that that would have that would be Voss and that she isn't a bad judge of character. She takes a huge sip of water, Voss claiming that she would be honored. Gerda compliments Voss on her nature, calling it special. And this is interesting when she does take that drink of water and things like that. Like, you know how like some people like kind of wipe it off with their their forearm or something like that. Yeah. And she like touches her lips, like she caresses her lips and like she moves her hands in a certain way. And like yeah. it, it's such it's such an interesting Way Not that she normal did characteristics of a <laughs> yeah. normal person. Yeah, well, uh, well, she's very interesting. Like the way her character plays in this reminds me a lot of her character in the Hateful Eight. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, like it's just, yeah, like although she's a lot more, she was in it. Yeah, yeah. Although she's a lot more playful in the Hateful Eight, her character, how odd she is, reminds me of her character in the Hateful Eight. Yeah. Um. Once they. Uh, one they worked hard together to unlock and refine. Yet she can she can see a small thread running from her skull to a life that she thought she moved on from. Adding that it all take uh, all it takes to lose control that small thought of a tiny fracture. Voss is listening closely. Gerda shows her some photographs from her last assassination. She asks why stab him if she was provided a gun. Voss um, gets up gets up at the gets up to look at the gruesome images of her work thinking that it seemed more in character i like that line i love that line and it's it's funny because i feel like she's saying more in character for herself i think it's more uh, it could be both could be both it could be like more character for her of becoming more brutal and more violent that's what i pictured Um, she wants to feel it but i also think it's like oh yeah as holly as a character in this movie she would like hate doing her job and she'd probably have a lot of frustration for like these men that are requiring these women to come up and like serve them and stuff so she's using that as an excuse to do what she just did that makes sense like 
cool. Yeah, this was within her character because she would probably be brutally murdering this guy because that's how she really feels in the inside. Yeah, but stab, that's really stab, how stab, stab, stab. she feels in the yeah. inside. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Gerder asks whose character Voss is silent. Gerder wonders if she wants this. Voss stares at her. She rubs her neck, thinking it to be thinking that to be good that Voss wants to continue. Cut to a man named Colin Tate waiting for a train as Gerder gives Voss the the imagery and information on him. Father deceased, mother estranged, no siblings. He dealt coke for a few years, falling in love with his rich clients, um, Ava Parse, the daughter of John Parse, CEO of Zuthru, a data mining company. Man, fuck data mining companies, bro. <laughs> for real. Like what the fuck? Like, dude. <laughs> Gerda continuing that um, it is the largest um, operation outside of the U.S. and the head office is local. Colin is walking into the HQ as they continue the the intel. Gerda mentioning that their deal is um, with Reed Parse, John's stepson, which who we never meet. We never meet Reed. Yeah, that's true. So thought that was interesting. Voss asks what the narrative is to um, is to play along into the life of Colin and and the Parses. Gerda wants her to imagine Colin as the unstable lover who f- feels diminished by his new family, continuing that Ava has all the power in the relationship and that being emasculated, so he starts using more and his behavior becoming more um, erratic, causing him to break to kill John, Ava, and himself. With Ava out of the picture, Reed inherits everything and becomes the new CEO, calling it a, c- a clean tragedy with no unanswered questions. She shares that the pay is significant, but adds that the real target is Zuthru. Voss doesn't understand. Gerda explains that once they own Reed, they own the company. Voss understands, asking when does she start. I like how eager she is. Yeah. Voss is outside the apartment, stalking Colin and Ava as they sensually hug each other. He tells her that she smells good. She comments that she needs to shower, asking if... if um, he found her, their treats yet. She wants a line to get her started uh, on her to-do list. Colin shakes his head as she continues putting things into a box. He, he uh, doesn't think there are any left. Voss mimicking him, trying to get the mannerisms just right. I do like this. Right. I do like how she practices. We, we see her craft. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of, like it reminds me of the game Hitman. Like, That's right. Like, yeah. Like how you kind of have these studying and moments and things this like is that. This is a great way to have exposition without having it shoving down our throats too it's a very short-lived scene but it's just enough to know like how much much detail work that she does too as a character and in their lifestyle right like how john or colin is a a, a pretty much a dealer and how ava's an addict yeah and they fell in love with each other like it's just god it's a true love story Requiem for a dream. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they continue talking yeah. as Voss mimics with him more about um, about Colin wanting to assist her uh, with the list of gra- or grabbing dinner. Colin holds Ava, asking her to wait until he's back for them to unpack together, mentioning something to eat again and for them to go on a walk and just find somewhere. Voss continues his mimics. Ava agrees and goes to grab her jacket. Voss has a sharp pain in her hand, causing her to clutch it and and get up. I didn't. I don't truly understand the pain in her hand. But all I can think of is just kind of that sense of losing control again. I think so too. Um, I wanted to see if it was connected back to like her Holly. touching the blood and stuff like that with Holly, but I don't know. I'm not sure either. Cuts a Colin on a stretcher inside of a van. The technician texting someone um, that they will be, that they've been delayed and will catch a flight. It will catch a late flight. Colin goes in, and that was interesting. I think she was texting Ava. On Colin's phone. 
I can see that probably because he makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, um, because this partic- particular moment kind of comes back up when Ava asks Colin when Voss has switched right. into. I his don't body. remember you coming in or something like that. Right, yeah. and he was like, "I had a late flight. I'm tired of shit," right. kind of thing. Um, so I think that's her texting Ava. Makes sense. It's like covering all the bases to make sure it's like, all right, if you were late, that's why you have evidence. You have a text message. I texted you during this time. Exactly. Yeah. Colin goes in and goes in and out of a consciousness as he looks around. Dr. Mellis knocks on the door and is let inside. They check on Colin, Gerter and Voss watching from inside a briefing room. Gerter asks if they, if there is any trouble. Mellis answering that there is no trouble and their driver got, got him on the way to the airport. Um, she asks the technician, how long do they need? They need about four hours to have him prepped. She turns the question to Voss. Voss claims that she's ready and she feels great. Back with Colin getting prepped, Gerter reminding Voss that she that she will be locked in after initial binding and no loss of control will be permitted during the per- the performance they pull out a piece of Colin's scalp as Gert and ugh, the way they did it as Gerter continues that um, their um, their completion target is John Parse's dinner function it being scheduled the night after tomorrow crazy that this is supposed to be a day and a half of right shit that's going on this feels like a week of things that happened to him the intermediate time will be used to help establish Collins' instability. Mellis rated their co- their compatibility at only three days, leaving no room for error. Mellis is uh, sawing through Collins' head as Gerter shares the dangers of staying in any longer inside of Collins. She instructs Voss to use the calibration device at least once per day, since the implant web will begin to dissolve after five days, allowing Voss to use the calibration machine of uh, the calibration device more if she suffers persistent disorientation. Refreshing her memory on how to pronounce Ava and Colin's IBS, leaving some moderate to severe pain in the lower right abdomen will be normal. Voss is getting prepped up, the lead technician instructing her to look at the ceiling and breathe normally. She asks the lead, or she kind of demands the lead technician um, by asking him what, what his levels are this time around. He claims that they are fine. She demands for him to keep her in uh, really deep because, because she doesn't want any problem. He irritatedly agrees. He's like, I'll keep you in real deep. Right. Yeah, I'll yeah. knock your ass out right now. <laughs> but mocks her to pull the trigger on the way out um, mm. while making motion of shooting himself through the mouth. Offended, she asks, what is that supposed to mean? And I love how upset she is. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, <laughs> he tells her to just look forward. They finish up by placing the mask over her head. The lead technician is ready to go, warning Voss that it might be a rough jump. She commands him to do it. He flicks the switch and launches her. In an abyss of darkness, Voss's skin melts away. Flashes of Colin and Voss screaming, her body molding into Colin's. Huh. Visually stunning and haunting at the same time. How do you think of this? And that, like I said, the How editing. Do you think of this, the editing is crazy. It's absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. Like I, I'm trying to picture where have I seen something like this before? Nowhere. Yeah, the only thing it reminds me of, like some movies of like, uh, it's kind of like a I forget what it's called. Kind of like, reminds me of Willie and the Chocolate Factory when they're in the uh, tunnel. <laughs> that's fair because the light, yeah. lot of bright lights a lot yeah. of stuff is flashing and stuff like that it reminds me of like a decomposing body that's being like fast forwarded and then reconstructed oh like a plant yeah yeah where it's like it's just 
uh, haunting. It kind of also reminds me of like the Halloween pumpkin, where it's like it's like rotten and then uh, like comes back sure. to life in a way. Yeah. It's like it's just it's I hard to that. visually talk about. Yeah, in a way, I can see that. I can see that. And of course, like House of Wax, maybe a little bit too of like sure. how the skin drips and kind of like regains itself. Yeah, and it looks like a wax figure. I don't care what anyone says. There. House of Wax fucking rips, dude. Of of boss wakes up in Colin's body next to Ava. He looks around um, before sitting up on in the bed. He wait. He walks into their living room looking out at the city while brushing his teeth he is checking his body looking through the medicine cabinet at some pills and then picking up um ava's underwear looking at her stains it was interesting <laughs> this is an interesting portion yeah it's a lot happening here um but kudos to um what's his name christopher abbott oh he's a name? great actor yeah kudos to him he's awesome i always get him and john snow mixed up yeah john snow and we covered a movie with him too it comes at night that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. Which um, both fantastic acting in both for sure. Cut to Ava um, getting up in the morning and putting on some clothes. Colin is watching her from the door. She asks for uh, for him to put on the kettle. She continues unpacking. He goes up behind her, hugging her and complimenting her smell. She smirks as she needs to shower before kissing him. She acknowledges his good mood before asking if he's seen her powders. He co- he doesn't understand. She explains that it is tea. Wanting to brew d- um, d- mania, um, or Dami- Damiana? Damiana. Um, knowing that he'll like it, calling it an antidepressant. He cuts a wedge out of the apple before taking a bite. Hmm. And then we see it again. Yeah. So good. There it is. So good. Once again, the way they do it, the puncture, the way the right. wedge like, pops out, so, it feels uh, violent. Like True. It feels violent. Like it, it's and just satisfying at the same time. Extremely satisfying. Extremely satisfying. And like we get the whole just, like the smell thing again, and yes. we also now have taste again. Absolutely. And I, I tried to do that with an apple dude the fucking apple slipped out of my hand i almost cut my hand i was like this is why i don't eat apples this is why i don't <laughs> eat vegetables and and fruits it's all dangerous <laughs> this is why it's, it's dangerous. dangerous it's just dangerous uh you just you gotta cut too much shit uh, <laughs> ava mentions that she didn't hear him get in last night he tells her that he couldn't get a flight until late and he barely slept she asks about the trip he sarcastically comments that it was uh thrilling while building a story of what he did then asks about her rotation she chuckles asking what's going on with him colin doesn't understand what she means while grabbing her for her hand she comes over to him not truly not truly knowing that they be- begin to kiss before before she stops him, commenting that he's gone strange on her. She walks mm. away. He sighs whilst looking down at something, reaching forward, something vibrating in the air. He grabs it with his finger, bringing it, up, bringing it in for a closer look. It no longer in his hand. Whatever these little fuzzy fuzzies are. They look awesome. They look great. Yeah. They look so fantastic. And I love how like this is kind of a sense of control. Like I really right. like in my eyes that that pic- that pictures to me is that like oh I should go get recalibrated, <laughs> right? And then this is more sensory overload, right? It's like yeah. stuff that's like not there, being there, and being right. able to grab it and actually touch it has so much effect of like what's going on with her mental psyche and stuff like that too. I agree, and it the, the like the visual effects of it makes it feel like a big budget movie. Yes, that's like cool. Much. That looks great. Colin goes inside Zuthru, walking the line to uh, clock in for the day. He greets a woman who is, who assigns him for uh, for curtains and blinds, excitedly telling him that he did it. Um, or excuse me, um, as he heads to his station, he's, he is stopped by his coworker Eddie, excitedly telling him that he did it. 
and it was incredible. Colin doesn't understand as Eddie ex- quickly explains about his sex capade last night, then asks about him. Colin plays along, Eddie pleased by his answer. Cut to Colin going uh, to, to his station and looking at everyone else with their goggles on. These look cool. <laughs> he yeah. sits down slightly confused for a moment before um, putting on his goggles he clicks a button and he's teleported into a virtual desk he's able to see through a webcam in, in a Toronto home he highlights the curtain um, that is on the wall relaying it back he clicks the button continuing his assignment and relaying what he sees stopping on a couple having sex a woman's voice uh, phones in asking if something is wrong Colin is startled she tells him to focus on what uh, on she tells him to focus and that he's moving at a snail's pace he apologizes and clicks back relaying the curtains he freezes and shakes distorted um distorted voices and flashes of a blue eye uh, a blue eye fuzzing in um into his consciousness he takes off his goggles the floating fuzz appearing again poking it a rush of panic as he clutches his hand same thing that um voss does earlier and obviously yes this is Voss inside of him he runs out of the station room a clutching a clutching his hand as as um flashes of images rush through his brain looking at himself in the mirror the on um, the reflection of Voss on the other end she touches her face it becoming deformed flashes of Ira bloodied Colin wakes up with labored breaths Gerder calls for calls for Voss to check in she mentions that she um she's there Gerder asks what happened. Voss claiming to not understand what she means. Gerder comments that her level spiked and she couldn't reach her. Voss says that uh, says that she was in she was in the mine and couldn't speak freely. Gerder questions if she's at zoo through at the zoo through building. Voss agrees, adding that she's started Colin's shift and every everything seems perfectly normal with no disruptions on her end. Gerder doesn't understand. Voss blames it on the on the new tech. Briefly back with Voss's body, her speaking from her body as she mentions that she told him to watch his watch his levels. I would have been that tech like if he was standing there just like. Yeah, this bitch. I'm trying my best, bro. I'm good at my job, okay? (laughs) Gerder will have Dr. Mellis run a deep analysis, but wants her to report back if she sees anything, giving examples of minor artifacting or sink loss, uh, reminding her that they can't afford any mistakes on on this particular mission. Voss tells, tells her not to worry that she is under control. Now, why do you think Voss lies? Like, why? Well, like, what? What is Voss's reasoning? Right. This was another theory of mine too, with like how Gerda was like holding her wrist and like seeing if she was lying, if she was okay, and she was able to lie through that. Sure. I think, I feel like Voss is a little bit of a perfectionist. She doesn't like to be seen as weak or stuff like that as well. And her going back to her family for that one night, she immediately gets the urge to go back to work where she feels really comfortable and really herself. So I feel like she has to lie to be in that job. Makes sense. Yeah, I can see that, and I feel like that's why maybe her handshakes too, because she's holding a lot of holding, stuff in yeah. too, holding like compartmentalizing yeah. the whole bunch of shit. Like her identity is literally breaking apart of like right. who she wants to be, who she used to be, who she thinks it's, she should be. Right, and then she's losing some of her memory and stuff like that, and she's gaining flashes of all of the people she probably possessed as well. Um, that's what I think the flashes are too. It's just past lives that she's been through. Yeah, and now her mind is literally just scrambled. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, but then we get the ending of like, cool, you're fixed. But is it a good thing? I mean, we'll, for this we'll company, I guess. Yeah. So. yeah, that's true. Colin is washing his face in the bathroom. Eddie asking him if he heard this new message from our sponsors. And we're back. He didn't ask that. 
Instead, he suggests that he is and asking Eddie why. Because Eddie asked him if he was okay. And he's like, yeah, bro, I'm fine. You okay? Like, <laughs> like yeah, I bet. Eddie mentions that, uh, that he saw him run out of, of the mine and that he's not looking too good. Colin still claims that he's fine. Eddie acknowledges and shares that he has uh, to come to, He has to come work on Saturday, nudging him that, the, that he gets a sense that the boss doesn't like him before leaving out of the bathroom. Colin dries his hands on, on an air dryer while looking at, at his hands, the reflection of, of the lights from the possession center in his pupils. I love that. Colin wakes up, uh, or excuse me, Colin walks down an alleyway, st- um, staring at Ira and Michael through a window. And I love like the spiraling B-rolls here. Yeah. So, so good. He comes, he goes into his apartment, hearing Ava conversing and laughing with another woman. He heads into a living room, Ava asking him uh, where he's been, apologizing that he had to work a, a double and forgot, and forgot to, forgot his ringer was off. She tells him to text her next time, hugging him that uh, she almost had to call the cops for from her worries. Her group of friends, Rita, Mor- uh, Mora, and Tess, annoyed as they continue hanging out on the couch. She wants him to do a line with them, grabbing his hand and having him sit with them. Rita jokes that he's a ghoul. Tess, Tess tells him um, tells her to stop it as um, Mora comments that she doesn't have to. They have a friendly argument before Ava mentions that they're celebrating Mora's promotion at Zuthru, telling him that they should talk. He tells Mora um, that it's nice to meet her. She motions that they've met, uh, guessing that he doesn't remember. I hate when that happens. <laughs> so bad. Ah, uh, yeah. It's like, it's, it's nice to meet you. Oh, we've met several times. Yeah. Oh. It's awkward <sighs> as shit. It's so awkward. I'm just like, I am so sorry. It's just literally everyone looks like everyone. Like, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry. They snicker. He continues his questions, asking her, um, uh, when does she start? She started yesterday, commenting about him not still being on the floor, asking why would he want a job like that. Tess snarky remarks, um, snark, snarkily remarks that Ava's dad gave it to him. Mora, um, calls Ava's dad a sadist, commenting that the floor is on par with lower-end sweatshops. Ava shares that her father has a habit of subjecting her lo- her lovers to insidious forms of trials. I love that she says lovers because it feels like Ava is bi. Like it, it like I can see that. Yeah. yeah, like the way she she is just in tune with her sexuality. Right, and uh, apparently, like he's hooked up with one of her friends, and she's okay with it. They have a very open relationship yeah. i guess Pol- was it was it called polynamorous polynamorous yeah. yeah um she rubs his back thinking the um the shape of colin's psycho- psychological scars will determine his innocence i do i okay one thing i really like to mention here ava's fucking smart as shit like yeah. her vocabulary is so incredible to me and like the way and like her the way she carries herself too is like it's very oh, smart and very brilliant. Yeah, like yeah. absolutely incredible. She's a great actress. She's fantastic. I, I have no yeah. idea um, what her name is, but it's on our screen. What's her name, Freddie? I can't see it. Is it? It's uh, it's somewhere in there. Maybe it's a little lower. Um, but she's awesome. Oh. Colin snorts uh, snorts some of the cocaine, looking at a picture of him and Ava. Mora doesn't understand why she doesn't quit. Did you find it? Yeah, I don't know it, if I can pronounce it. Oh, you can't it. pronounce it. Don't worry Tup-pence about it. Pence Middleton. She's awesome. Whoever yeah. she is, she's great. She's great. <laughs> Colin continues looking down at the picture. She calls to him. Um, he asks who that is. Ava doesn't understand. Rita continuing the conversation on violating people's lives, asking Colin how often does he see naked women at work. Tess calls her off the question. Rita continuing that she masturbates in front of her webcam so Zuthru knows which brand of vibrator she's using. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. More of rebuttals that they that they know, and now she can stop. <laughs> I do like their little back and forth. Pretty great. Colin is in the bathroom trying to get grounded again. Rita comes into the bathroom, closing the door and apologizing. She asks, "What is he doing?" He claims that he's um he claims to be drying his hands. She comments that uh, she misses him and um if they can be friends again. This was interesting. Yes. Like the way she even closes the door. Right. It's like nonchalant. Like, oh, yeah. Not even nonchalant. It's normal. Yeah. It's like she like closes the door like kind of like, like, oh, hey. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, like, I'm ready to do something right now. Like, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And she like, even while she's talking to him, she's peeing. Yeah. It's just so. And it's like not a big deal. Yeah. Nothing's a big deal here. Claiming that Ava doesn't care. He agrees to be friends. She taps his chin and sits on the toilet, sighing um, that she will give him a call when she gets back from Chicago. He nods as she continues to pee. Cool. Cut to him looking out of the window, smoking from his vape, the music stopping from outside the room. Ava comes into the room, apologizing about her friend um, staying for so long. He tells her it is fine while lying down on be- on the bed. She co- she comes up next to him, asking what is going on with him, claiming that she, that he's fine and just tired. She doesn't understand how they can be um, the only reason, commenting that he's been deformed these days. Um, mm. And once again, her the way she speaks is just, it's so interesting, her usage of words. Right, and she analyzes him and realizes stuff is different. Yes. And he's not making big mistakes or anything, no. too. Or she's not making big mistakes. She and just it's, knows. It's him. a really good contrast too of like having Voss being with her husband or ex husband or whatever their situation is, and having his friends stay longer. And now it's like the other way around. The girls' friends are staying longer, yes. and they still end up having like sex afterwards. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of that same pinpoint of just like, oh, th- I I know this part of my life right here. Right. Like this is a sense of familiar familiarity. Worrying that she is the cause and that um, he doesn't have to keep doing the job. Once again, he swears on his life that he's fine. Ava irritatedly chuckles, calling that a weird statement. She shakes her he- her head. Are you, I would have probably rebuttal like, well, you saying I've been deformed is weird. Right, like, yeah. That's a weird statement, too. She shakes her head, um, arguing that uh, he doesn't have to tell her everything, but she wants some basic level of access. He calls out, you know what's so interesting about this line here? This line actually hits really hard for me, mainly because there's been a TikTok trend going on lately where this trend is um, this woman asking um, men, like, who do you, or asking anyone, like, who do you go to when you feel down? And a and they say bunch no of one. men stitched it and they're just like, nobody. Like, right. you know, I, like I, my own like I have to deal with it. Yeah, like, I seen because that. Because of society. It hits and home for me too. Sometimes. It hits like, so hard. Damn. And I'm just like, you know, and I've never been able to explain that myself, but I think that's just it. It's just like yeah. because of society tells me I shouldn't. Right. Like, you know, and I'm a pretty sensitive person, but yet I do keep a lot of stuff in. Yeah. So it's, it's I, interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I'm a big... Like, I love talking about mental health and how important it is to actually speak upon things and allowing yourself, even as a male, to be vulnerable and be able to cry and yeah. speak about your emotions. And I, I think it took me years. And in the last couple of years, I was like, okay, I'm comfortable. It's like, yeah, I cried today. What up? I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm crying right I feel now. better now because of it. Like, if I held it in, I'd be, like, really, like, messed up. Yeah. And I think I, like... 
I helped myself grow a lot in my own mental health in the last couple of years because I was like, I'm okay with not being okay and showing that emotion. Yeah. Or think, reaching out and talking to someone about it. It's like, absolutely. Cool, you should be able to do that. Right. And yeah. I think a lot of this speaks volumes for this film as right. well because I feel like a lot of a lot of this film deals with mental health. I agree. Yeah. He calls out he calls out to her. She continues that she's crashing and shares that um she loves him. He shares the same sentiment. They're they're having sex. She begins to choke him and cover his mouth. He struggles to remove her hands from his mouth and neck, but turns her over as fl- as flashes flood um through his head. The gr- the uh the groaning and moaning continues as we see Voss is on the table with the mask on. He he gets off of Ava, sw- um switching to Voss, looking down at her erect penis. Not di- um no difference to Ava, she gets back up and kisses him. This scene is so interesting yeah. and important. Cuz so. now we're seeing the duality here. We're really seeing the mixture and how Ava, in some reason, feels confused. It's so it's so fascinating to me. Next morning, Colin is sitting on the floor in the living room. Voss calls out to Gerder. Gerder asks for a status. She tells Gerder that it is normal, asking about Mellis. Gerder mentions that the analysis was inclusive, calling it strange. Voss tells her um, to not sound so worried, assuring her that she's um, one-to-one with the host and she can feel it, saying that it is completely clear, adding the, um, that Parsa's dinner on um, the Parse's dinner party is tonight, and she'll be out less than 24 hours. Gerder calls it good, but wants her to recalibrate, instructing her to set to 13, 145, 1280, and R. Mm. Good setting, good setting. Good setting, best setting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in, the, in the bathroom, <laughs> I would say everybody use that for your next lotto ticket. 100%. In the I bathroom, he places the probe into the back of his, in, back of his head, turning on the calibration device. Running through the uh, modes, causing Colin's um, face to smile or have him sob. I didn't like this particular performance from him. I felt like this was a little weak. Well, uh, it seems forced, which it is. It does seem but forced, but yeah. yeah. It, it, it looks a lot more awkward than like the previous scene that we saw before, right, which was exactly. a lot more emotional yeah. and, and more and impactful. It, to defend this scene, we can say that, sure, like maybe she's starting to lose connection with her host. Because yeah. she does mention that she's one-to-one with the host and so on and so forth. And but, while yeah. they were having that conversation, when you see, I guess, him and her, like, talk to Gerder, he's, like, staring at his hand. Right. And seeing that, like, it's still, like, shaking a little bit, too. Like, right. she is losing control a little bit. Yeah. Cut to Ava and Colin pulling up to John's estate as he gives a speech about him being bored with his friends and allies. Mm. They all laugh. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, but he continues that they are all flawless as they are as um, of their operation, finding himself with nothing to do. But he found the next stage of the evolution in their work. He cheers to boredom. Everyone else raising their glass for a toast. I thought this is where we would see Reed, but we never we see never Reed. See him. We yeah. never see him. Cut to the main party. Colin chatting um, with Ava for a pep talk, talking down her talking down her father as Colin calls him a great man, but she compares him to a human shaped um, protozoan that feeds off misery. Great. She takes his hand, bringing him over to John and, and some of his guests. John comments that Ava um, b- brought home a boy. Um, Colin greets him. He shares that they are walking. They are talking about the psych. He shares that it's funny because they're talking about the psychology of failing as a parent. <laughs> Great. Like, you're right a fucking on. bozo, guy. Like, stop. Commenting that they, they start to embrace it once they realize there's nothing they can do. John mentions that his friend um, Boyko 
also has daughters. He introduces himself to Colin. John continues that Colin works works for him, finding him finding him a job that uh, hopefully isn't beyond his skill set. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> He's an absolute piece of shit. But Sean Bean's a great actor as well. Sean Bean's awesome. He <laughs> yeah. fucking nailed this role. Asking if he's uh, managed to keep his head above water. Colin mm. irritatedly answers that he's he's fine while thanking him. John acknowledges um, telling him to... John acknowledges telling him to let him know what uh, when it gets too difficult for him. He shoes them away with a nod of his head. Wow. When he shoes them away, he's just like, alright, get the fuck out of here. I'm done. <laughs> Stop talking to me. Ava suggests that, uh, that they need a drink. She kisses him on his cheek and that um, she'll be back with Jen. Colin is walking around the estate alone, descending downstairs and coming across the indoor pool. Wow. Fucking nice. That's cool. Hell yeah. Um, you know what this section nice reminds me of? Have you s- gone to... Um, Hearst Castle? The Hearst Castle. Yeah. That's what it definitely reminds me of. Like the, definitely... the uh, Poseidon pool. Okay, yeah. The one that's yeah. inside when you leave the castle and it's like you're walking through that little pool area. Yeah, it's Which, nice. It's really nice. That's a nice fucking place. It's a nice house. <laughs> it is. Where is that again? San Simeon. San Simeon. Um, I think that's right. Um, he heads inside the pool room. A Voss speaking with, uh, speaking through him, telling Gerda that she's in place. I'm glad mm. we were on the same wavelength with this yeah, scene, like, though. I'm glad like you knew exactly what I was. Oh yeah, Hearst Castle. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I was just like, yeah, that's just lavish living. Yeah, for sure. Fucking for Sean those Bean. who don't know, like Hearst Castle, they're like. They own like damn near all the TV channels, but and, like, like right papers back in the day. Yeah. yeah, right underneath Disney. They're they're right underneath Disney. Yeah. For those who don't know who Hearst is, like they're ridiculous. The house it was built damn near in a fucking jungle. Yeah, it's like <laughs> gold ceilings. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's grossly rich. <laughs> but um, Gerda instructs her to get into a fight with John, do some do something public that will get him thrown out, and later she can go back to finish it. Voss understands. Back upstairs inside the party, Colin is drinking his gin, swaying back and forth, bumping into Ava while she is talking to someone else. She asks if he's okay. He shrugs it off that he's good, asking her if she wants another drink. She tells she tells him that she's fine and starts um and he starts his trek toward John. I would have been like, and you're good too. You don't need any right. more. You're done. Going to act of being um going to act of being a shit shit face he heads over to to john as his friend and, and his friends standing behind john until he turns around colin demands for an apology john loudly um jokes about quote-unquote his future son-in-law mm. he laughs softly telling colin to fuck off into a corner while he continues his conversation commenting um f- commenting for him to not dirty mm. his floors dude i would beat the shit out of him too I probably not like that, but yeah, yeah <laughs> probably I mean, not how Colin did it. But yeah. oh, I mean, like later on, no, no, yeah, but I thought that's fine. It was like, just go fuck off in the corner yeah, and don't yeah, dirty no, my that, floors. Ooh. That deserves uh. a, a knock to the chin. Yeah, he turns back, back around. Colin firing back that he uh, will leave this comeback though. He will leave when Ava is done with his dick in his mouth or in her mouth. Yeah, what a fucking comeback! It's like, damn, you just said that about wow, his daughter. Ooh. Holy shit! Like. If someone were to say that about my daughter, huh. <laughs> you're a dead man. Yeah, you, you are, are D-E-D dead. Are <laughs> dead. <laughs> well, Silent Night's already like, 
It's like, yeah, he understands. <laughs> John turns around and Colin is about to put his hands on him, but uh, his friends tell him that's enough. Colin violently shoves him down to the ground and two security guards grab him. Colin's shouting and yelling that John can't step on him, calling himself a giant. Ava tries to calm Come him on. down, Colin telling her to fuck off. John shouts for them to get, uh, to get him out of there. They throw him out of the party, punching him in the stomach and leaving him on the ground. He sits back up, waiting for things to die down, checking and cocking his gun as he watches Ava and John in the kitchen. Voss lying on the couch slash bed thing, I don't know what to call it, um, sighing, <laughs> <laughs> sighing before Colin enters the, um, uh, r- the house. He slowly moves across the hallway, making his way toward the kitchen, stopping to grab a fire poker beforehand. Ava tells her father that she doesn't think um, she can go home tonight. He tells her to stay there and that her room's waiting for her. She tells him that um, that he hasn't been helping, calling him an unbearable creature. She chugs the last bit of her drink, telling him that she's going to bed. Up from the table, John tells um, tells her to run off to Dubai with her mother. She uh, leaves out of the room without a word, John continuing to pour himself a drink. Colin comes into the room nonchalantly sitting in the chair staring at John I love this scene this whole entire scene is phenomenal um, remarkable even when him walking in it's like, just it's shot so beautifully like oh the tracking God. shots and the editing of the fire poker and stuff like that it's and great just the dialogue between the the um, her and her dad it's just like damn it's like I see where you're coming from I see why you're an asshole yeah it's a small exposition it's like oh you just run off to fucking Dubai like your mom it's like okay cool that's why you're so bitter and you're yes. an asshole exactly like, it's just the small things it's just like everything just works yeah it's so good he drunkenly asks what Colin is doing there Colin puts the gun on the table John telling him to uh, get out before he calls the cops and like John is like acting hard right he's like yeah. man it's like put that shit away um, before I call the cops on you he asks for John to make um, to make him John blames that he, he's drunk and he's going to bed he gets up then goes for the gun Colin striking him in the ear with the poker he continues beating the living shit out of, out of him with the poker causing him to, uh, to turn over in, as he squeals in pain Colin jams the poker into his mouth twisting it causing blood to spew from his mouth Ava comes into the room gasping at the sight um, she uh, runs out Colin firing and hitting her in the back twice John gasps as the poker is lodged in his throat Colin twists the poker out of his mouth mm. breaking his jaw and ripping his teeth Ugh, gross. <laughs> oh my god then goes back to poke out his eye yeah what <laughs> Uh, I mean, this was the most giallo thing right there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he follows Ava's um, Ava's blood on the ground, finding her hunched over a table in pain. She falls to the ground, trying the best to crawl away from Colin. He touches her hair, then shooting her in the back of the head, crimson splattering all around the room. <laughs> this wow. fucking scene, man. It's phenomenal. Wild. It's crazy. This is a phenomenal scene, and I'm very, like surprised that john didn't die yeah like i would have wanted to die after like, all how do that you, how do you live after that <laughs> you don't like you're like what <laughs> very sadly <laughs> yeah, yeah seriously Voss speaks uh, to pull uh, to pull her out w- uh, while placing the gun into colin's mouth she hesitates flashes flood in her mind um her um her not being able to go through with it she screams to get her out as she continues to try and pull the trigger. Images of Colin and her disconnecting from each other. Colin picks up a shard of glass, stabbing himself in the head in an act of rebellion. So amazing. Now, I picture this as an act of rebellion. 
mainly because it, in a way it's like get 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 out of my head right kind of thing and it reminds me of a more intense situation of like abra when rose was in her head okay i can see that that's a good her. yeah this is him pushing when he j- stabs and pretty much destroys the whatever the, the, the link the little link is and that is his way to rebel and gain sense of his control like i did this i stabbed myself not you you didn't stab me you didn't hurt me i stabbed myself right and that's why i feel like voss is the one who truly cannot pull the trigger yeah oh i, I agree yeah. yeah at this moment in time she cannot do it right Cut to Voss at the facility, gagging for, uh, from blood gushing from her mouth. This was also really intense. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, although, there was just like a little speckle of blood on her suit like afterwards. I was <laughs> like, that's weird. Like She looked like she was drowning in her blood. Right, in her own blood. Yes. Cut to Voss at the facility. Or, excuse me. Gerda asks what happened. The tech mentioning that she's surging. She commands, that, uh, she commands them to not pull. Colin leaves out of the state. The tech notices that there um, have been cycle... cycle uh, physical damages to the implants and the signal is corrupted. Colin is walking through the streets, blood still on his shirt, trying to gain his composure on what just happened. Now day, Colin's still wandering the streets, trying his best to cover the blood on his clothes. Paranoid from the two men walking behind him, spotting a clothing donation bucket, he takes a bag of clothes, running off with them. Back with Voss, Mellis, Voss, excuse me, back with Voss, Mellis tells Gerter that she's stable but not responsive, not being able to maintain control over the host will. She wonders about Colin. They are tracking him as as the dominant of the body, but they aren't seeing much um, bleed through. So, like, at this point, in their eyes, Voss is the one trapped. Right. <laughs> Gerter has, has, um, has hope that she will fight her way back and finish the job. Melis comments that Voss already, already um, has a degree of permanent damage, and the longer she stays, the greater the risk is to her brain. Gerter demands her to stay in. And this was interesting. I'm curious on, like, the pulling aspect so, like, if she were to get pulled out or something like that, um, what happens? I'm very curious what happens if the link is or if the host isn't destroyed first. I'm curious off I that. I think it, it sounds like it's fine. It does. It sounds like it's, it's fine. It sounds like a, just the host is the one who will be fucked up for the rest of their lives. Right. all these things happen to them. It's just like the cleanup crew is to have that host die. Right. Basically. Absolutely. Colin is pleading and groaning for help as he removes shards of glass from his head. Flashes of the dis- decon- of the destruction of his excuse me. Flashes of the de- of the destruction his body um, caused um, goes through his brain. His his cell phone rings. He answers it. It is Gerter asking if she um, could have a word with him. Colin is walking with a crowd of people, thinking they are all following him. More flashes of what Voss um, Voss did flow in his head. He knocks on Rita's door. She opens the door, and he immediately rushes into the room. He apologizes, commenting that he did it so um, they can be together. This was so fascinating. Thinking that everyone already knows, because yeah. it's like the richest family in the world. Right. She doesn't understand, but he continues frantically making excuses that he was angry, and they attacked him, and he defended himself. She doesn't understand. He whispers that she, um, he should have stayed with Michael. Rita asks who that is, but he doesn't know. 
She notices that he's bleeding on the back of his head, having him take a seat. He excuses that he tri- um, tripped o- tripped on the way there and hit his head. She tells him that he may have to go to the hospital because he might have a concussion. She grabs him a wet cloth for his head. He apologizes for scaring her. She smiles that he didn't scare her, offering him water or gin, letting him know that she's getting ready to go to the airport. He remembers that she's going to Chicago, also mentioning um, that uh, him and Ava had a fight. He asks if he can stay there, claiming that he can't go home. She kisses him calling him a poor baby, sign that he can stay there for two nights only, telling him to leave the keys on the desk before he goes. She's um, And she goes to take a shower. Colin is watching a documentary on mute with subtitles. He whispers, quote-unquote, darling, as the TV shows a man in front of a bull, pressing a button on a radio stimulator, causing the bull to change, or causing the bull to not charge. That was fascinating. Yeah. And I love it's the context of this story. Like, it's just, it's so good. Colin goes over the script that Voss goes through before meeting with her family as he sits on the couch. He reaches into his pocket, grabbing the, grabbing the gun and heading into Rita's room. At this point, I do think Voss is slightly coming back. Yeah. I think it, like, reminded her to come back by seeing the bull thing. Mm. Of, like, regaining control. The guy takes control of the bull, who's, like, wild and free. And it's like, let me regain power over this person like that i'm gonna go with that the shower is running he points the gun at rita she turns around calling out to colin it switches to voss holding the gun cutting um to her lying down on the table with her uh with her eyes closed back in rita's apartment the news is playing sharing that john is stabilized but not knowing uh what that means sharing the reports of his attack the reporter adding the death of of um ava someone knocks on the door colin mutes the tv to go answer it he asks who it is eddie calling out to him uh from the other side of the door he unlocks the door for eddie he rushes inside having to look at him um colin doesn't understand his reasons of him on him being there eddie sharing that he heard that he was in an accident and wanted to check on him colin asks um how he knew he was there eddie mentioning that rita called him over not not sure he understands how he knows Rita. Eddie asks uh, for a drink. When he turns around, Eddie shoots some spark gun thingy that causes <laughs> him to fall to the ground. I don't know what that thing is. Yeah, it's, it's a wild weapon. I was like, cool. yeah, I guess it just it doesn't kill anyone. Out? Yeah, like I guess that's all that does. But I don't know. Or maybe it like on the little chip or something like chip that, or whatever like, the thing that's implanted maybe it stuns like, him yeah like it disorientates him or something to disable him yeah that's some wild stuff i like that's kind of cool it's a very original thing yeah, I'm down super, to watch cool. It. super cool it made a little sparking sound that's yeah, cool it made a little sparky noise <laughs> I, I the only thing it reminds me of is another video game called the darkness there was a gun yeah. similar to that that's all I remember. Images yeah, of John crazy. in a wheelchair and inside of uh, inside a rehabilitation facility flash across the screen. Eddie continues um, setting things up uh, for recalibration. Flashes of Voss's family and Voss walking in front of John, staring at him as he stares back at her with an eye patch and a scar around his mouth. Eddie is doing his thing, calling on. on um, on the bed with his eyes closed, he calls out to Voss. Um, Colin opens his eyes. Eddie realizes that she's coming back, sharing that he temporarily surpassed the host's will. He tells her to move quickly before the effects wear off. Colin notices the gun on the table. He grabs it, pointing it at Eddie. He gets up from the chair with his hands up, assuring Voss that he um, was sent by um, Gerder, being her lifeline. 
My apologies for going back from Voss and, and Colin, but I'm going to do that a lot. Colin groans, questioning um, the situation. Eddie giving um, giving more info that he he was a plant, being the one who who scouted Colin for the parts deal in the first place. He motioned Voss to put the gun down. Eddie fan, Eddie uh, fanboys for Voss, calling it an honor and um, him being a fan of Elio, of the Elio Maza um, stabbing. What? <laughs> Voss tells Eddie that she can't pull the trigger and places it, places the gun on the bed. Eddie admits that he's a Christian and he can't do it. <laughs> but yet you're a fan of me stabbing some dude viciously. Like, I love your work. Cool. I would never be able to do it. Right. Um, Voss um, or sharing that uh, Gerter says that uh, it has to be her. And he mentions something. I forgot the line that he specifically says. Um, we're rewatching it right now because he says this thing where he has this interesting line saying that like uh, Gerter says that it has to be her, but I, I forgot what he mentions. Um, damn, the line is not coming up, but he mentions something of where like he says something around the lines of like uh, the per. I don't know, like, God, hold on. It's, it's going to come up. Uh, there it is. Distraught killer can't live with the guilt. And that's Oh, so that's the whole like yeah. Right. So like that's that's one of the reasons why he has to she has to pull the trigger. Right. Because it's like this is all the plan to have her be like that killer that has exactly. no guilt. Right. Mm. Um he mm-hmm. pa- he um but that being the reason why he's there in the first place, um uh, actually, I have to get my spot. Sorry, he's there to fix her head. Voss not having complete control right now, but th- uh, that being the reason why he's there in the first place, he pats he pats on the bed for them to lie back down and plugging the device back into Colin's head. Eddie explains that what he's doing, showing a series of images, wanting her to look at them and answers his questions. He uh, flicks through the pictures, asking what what does she see. Um, three out of three correct. He moves on to um, to pulse analysis, warning that she might find it uncomfortable, but she needs to control her breathing. Um, he flicks the switch, the room switching from red and back to normal, with Voss's body appearing in the red glow. A rumbling noise surrounds the room, Colin appearing over Voss in the red glow. She can't move. He, he goes on top of her, choking her. He lets go of, he lets go of her neck, and then he grabs her... Um, Face, face instead and he crushes it yeah he crushes her face turning her face into a rubbery mask colin then goes full texas chainsaw fucking massacre on our ass and he puts her face on his face and we got the fucking poster (laughs) and it looks beautiful (laughs) beautiful is a strong word yeah yeah and and i live by it this is absolutely a gorgeous scene ah, yeah that's my word gorgeous Gorgeous. Damn. It's gorgeous. just damn. And the, the face only a mother can love. It's just this poster alone. The poster is haunting is alone. Really yeah. Enticed people to be like, I need to see this movie. My brother in law, the second time I watched this movie, I watched it with him, and he's not a fan of horror. Um, and it was this poster where he was like, I need to see this fucking movie. Have you seen right. this movie? And I'm like, I've seen it. Yes. And he's like, I need to see this. I was like, You do. <laughs> come over one day and let's watch it together um, a light shining through the room filtering Colin um, with Voss's mask replacing him t- um, to to be the one experiencing everything that she did ripping the face off 
um, to a bloody shred. Colin wigs back up, gun pointed underneath his chin, and hands bloodied. He's breathing um, heavily, noticing all the blood covering his body and clothes. He notices Eddie dead on the floor. Colin calls out to him. Freaking out, he viciously uh, washes his hands, turning the water off when he notices Rita also shot dead in the shower. Images of him pulling the trigger on Rita and stabbing Eddie in the neck with a bottle pl um, plague his his brain. He breathes heavily, grabbing the gun, calling Voss a bitch, pointing the gun to his head, screaming for her to shoot him in the head. He pulls away when when he pulls. Uh, pulls the trigger, shooting the mirror instead. He falls to the ground, quietly laughing that she missed. Uh, he remembers Michael's home, whispering, quote-unquote, hi, darling. <laughs> Voss whispers the same thing in her yeah. actual body. Gerda overhearing it, moving closer as she repeats it. And I love this because now Gerda knows... Her plan's in the fact. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, not and necessarily that... her plan. She knows where she's going. Right, so she. I, I feel she like it's all planned. She knew everything. Eddie was a scapegoat. It's I, like I feel like everything I don't was planned. Think everything was planned to this point. I do think there were moments to where she was going to take her family out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if all of this was the plan. I just think the cards just fell a little bit this way, and it kind of worked out. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, maybe I'm giving the, like the benefit of the doubt, of, like this movie being that high elevated. Sure. Um, yeah. No, I feel like she knew from the very beginning this entire mission was meant for her. And I probably that's right. We never like you said we never meet Reed, right? Yeah. Maybe he didn't fucking exist. Maybe not. Maybe this mission was just like a mission just to have her just become have the her. ultimate killer. Yeah. And if that's I the case. Yeah, I can see that. Bravo movie. Yeah, Fuck. I can Holy definitely shit. see You're that. fucking with my mind even more. Yeah, that, that makes sense <laughs> to me. Colin walks around Michael's neighborhood saying the words, quote unquote, darling and quote unquote, Michael. Um, stopping in the middle of the of the row of garages, staring at Michael's home while smoking from the vape. Practicing the lines of Voss um, being starving. Ira comes out of, the, out of the middle of the garage doors. Colin approaches him. He greets Ira, asking him what, um, what does he have. Ira shares that he has a map that goes to a pond. Colin asks for his name, Ira telling him. He claims um, to know who he is, pointing to his house, asking if that is his house. Michael comes out of, the, out of the house calling for Ira. He runs back inside the house. It is now night. Colin waiting outside before ringing the doorbell. No answer. He continuously knocks on the door. This was interesting. Like He's like knocking until he opens the yeah, door. Yeah, like, hey, come on. <laughs> Michael approaches the door, calling, calling out to him, claiming that he's uh, a friend of Voss. Michael opens the door, sharing that um, she doesn't live there anymore. Colin suggests that he knows, acting like um, she wanted to tell him something. Michael gets nervous, thinking that um, that some other time. Colin pushes his way inside the house, pointing the gun at Michael, asking where Voss is. Um... He forces Michael to sit on the table with his hands visible while pointing the gun at his head. Michael tells him to, um, that she travels for work and that she might not even be in the country right now. Colin asks if he recognizes him. Michael shakes his head. Colin continuing that he needs to know what she what she's done to him. Michael tries claiming um, tries calming him down, offering his help. Flashes of the ki of the killing flood uh, through his head. Um, he asks Michael if he ever thinks of his wife as a predator. He doesn't understand. Colin forcing his head down to uh, and for him to not look at him switching the question toward the cat um and if um and if he ever wonders about parasites 
he doesn't understand Colin explaining the metaphor of Voss cleaning the cat litter and a worm, a worm possibly ending up in her brain, which causes her to get an idea, not sure if it's from her or the worm, forcing her to do predatory things. Realizing that she's no longer the same person, Colin leans in closely toward Michael's ear, continuing that she um, that um, should make him wonder if he was truly married to her or the worm. He yells if Voss is, is seeing this, telling her that he'll do it, shouting for her to come out or he'll do it. Voss appears behind him, asking him what uh, what is he doing there, um, claiming that she's been looking for him, wanting to talk. He asks her what has she done to him, but she t- shares that she's done nothing, and he's the one in, in control. Colin doesn't believe her, knowing that he hasn't been in control of himself lately. She assures him that he has, asking where Ava is. He's, uh, he's silent, asking if he can remember. He doesn't think that it, that uh, was him. She tells him it was, looking over to Michael, showing him pity, sharing that she loved that she loved him too. Not sure if he actually, um, if it was actually her. Colin swears that he will kill him unless she fixes this. She tells him to go ahead, claiming that Michael is the one holding her back. Mm. <laughs> this movie rips they both hold the gun together michael smacks the gun <sighs> out of colin's hand rushing to it and shooting him colin takes a cleaver chopping off his fingers he then begins to hack michael way past death room filled with blood colin pants as he sits in the aisle, sits on the island um with the gun in his hand he puts the gun to his mouth, Voss telling them to pull her out. Colin gags with the gun in his mouth, not able to pull the trigger yet again. He starts to sob, then it's then is stabbed in the neck with a <laughs> knife by Ira. Ira runs back toward the stairs, Colin shooting him in the, in the stomach while holding his neck. He points the gun at him, switching back to Voss. She screams as she unloads the gun on her own son. Colin lies on the ground, bleeding out as he stares at Ira, Ira staying uh, uh, Ira saying to pull him out. What the fuck? Beautiful. Crazy. And, I, and it's something that I want to point out here. When their blood connects, it's the shape of a heart. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. It is fucking phenomenal when their blood connects. It is the absolute shape of a heart. A mask is pulled off of Gerda's face. She looks over to Voss lying beside her. Mask pulled off of hers as well. They both stare at each other. Cut to them doing the evaluation. Mm. Gerda asking if she needs to take a break. She wants to finish. Voss picks up the pipe, knowing that it is from her grandfather who died before she was born and her dad gave it to her. And her complete demeanor is now changed. Right. Right. She's like cold. Complete like cold. Slate. Melancholic. Everything. Like she's nothing. just like nothing's there. Yeah. Just she's Not just human. Exactly. Just nothing is there. She's just a shell, a hollow shell. She picks up the frame of the mounted butterfly, knowing that it is hers, remembering that she killed it and mounted it in the summer when she was a little girl, not mentioning anything about her previous guilt. Yeah. Gerda is extremely pleased, smiling as she says, quote unquote, very good. Voss looks down at the frame, then credits. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God, the fucking movie's beautiful. What a movie. This movie's beautiful. It is fantastic, and it's something about the Kill Bill yellow Gold on this, yeah, this yeah. fucking sh- scene at the end here with the credits, credits and shit. It's awesome. I got goosebumps thinking about this movie right now. Me too. Yeah. I love this movie. This movie just is absolutely so highly pleasurable for me. So incredibly pleasurable. Are you trying to get to that end credit? Is there end credits? I don't think so. Oh. I've, I've never checked. 
to be completely honest. But I don't think there is. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But yeah, this movie fucking is amazing. Yes, it oh is. Oh my God. But I got some movie facts for us here. Movie facts? <gasps> the Brandon Cronenberg <laughs> says that he was inspired to make Possessor by two pieces of media. The first is Joseph Delgado's 1970s book, um, uh, physical control of the mind toward a um, psycho-civilized society, which, quote, demonstrates how movements can be induced by radio command. Hostility may appear or disappear. Social hierarchy can be modified. Sexual behavior may be changed. And memory emotions uh, me- and memory emotions and the thinking process may be influenced by... Uh, by remote control, end quote. And this, uh, s- the second is a short film, quote, please... Or please speak continuously and describe your experiences as they come to you. End quote. That Cronenberg made in his past. Interesting. Huh. Most of the special effects in the film were done practically, with an effort to mm. use um, as little effects VFX, VFX work as possible. The hallucination scenes effects, in particular, were done in camera. Oh my god! What? Uh, I can see that. There's a lot of attention to detail, and that's insane. That is amazing. Cronenberg credits his spe- his effects specialist Dan Martin and Derek Liscom, and his uh, longtime cinematographer uh, Kareem Hussein uh, for being able to pull off convincing visuals with the minimum usage of CGI. I love that. Magnificent. While developing the movie in production, Brandon Cronenberg found himself gathering inspiration from the films of Dario Argento, particularly opera. Well, well, giallo. Okay, there, there you go. go. Uh, and opera is my favorite Argento movie of all time, and I can 100% see that. I've not seen it yet. So opera oh, is a list. very interesting flick um, where it's a killer who forces this woman to watch her kill people in front of her. Damn. And he ties her up, and what he does, he binds her eyelids with needles. So when she oh, closes them, no. she stabs herself. It forces her to open them back up again. And she forces her to watch every single killing that he does. And it's always her friends. It's Oh, it's, this is terrible. Never mind. I'm not going to watch this movie. Opera's nuts, dude. I'll watch this movie. Opera's yeah. nuts. I love opera. So goddamn good. The film received an R rating in the um, Canadian province of Alberta, which is equivalent to the NC-17 rating by the MPA. Hmm. Damn. <laughs> yeah. This is the second collaboration between... Um, to, uh, Tuppence, Middleton, and Sean Bean with Jupiter Ascending being their first collaboration. Oh, completely different movie. Yeah, very completely different. <laughs> I'll do one more here, slightly juicy. Brandon Cronenberg said he originally wrote the scene in which Voss has sex with the intention of showing Voss um, as having a penis, but he's uh, subsequently edited the script, knowing some actors would not feel comfortable with it. Upon casting Andrea Riseborough, the two had a conversation during which Riseborough suggested the idea of Voss having ma- male genitalia, which delighted Cronenberg and made him feel huh. like she was uh, reading his mind. The scene was rewritten back to its original form, and what is seen on film is what Cronenberg intentionally envisioned. That's awesome. That's cool. Uh, it's awesome that he was able to kind of keep his full. Right. Everyone's like very like minded. It's like, nah, exactly. that scene has to happen with like right. this aspect. It, yes. 100%. It's like it only makes sense, but it doesn't make sense, but it makes perfect sense. Uh, yes. 100%. <laughs> but goddamn, what a flick. Another fun fact this is one of the movies where Sean Bean didn't die. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Very, very true. Uh, But damn, this movie is so much fun, dude. 
and it is it's a blast and i think a lot of people would love to watch this movie I agree. I agree. And I, I think a lot of people should watch this movie because I think this movie definitely has a lot of character. Yeah. It stands out amongst everything else. Yes. Very, very much so. Much so. Yeah. I, I just love this fucking movie. I love, I could watch this movie honestly anytime. Like, I just really think it is that good. It's just a yeah. really good movie. I agree. Um, but I just want to say also to everyone who has listened to this episode. Merry Christmas if you celebrate Christmas. Happy holidays if you do not. Um, th- this episode obviously is released on Christmas Eve. So hey. happy holidays. Spend some time with your family or spend some time with us with your family oh. <laughs> about talking about Possessor because this is <laughs> a-, a lot of fun and we want to definitely keep this conversation going. So hit us up over on Twitter at nightlight underscore pod so we can keep this conversation going because we definitely want to make sure to do so. But this was nightlight oh actually before i actually get to that portion let me explain what we're going to be doing next year in 2022 god damn it like i said we are going to be taking a little bit of a break taking a week off um just to spend some time with our family as well um and just to kind of relax and rejuvenate and just have fun it's new year's eve just to do some crazy shit (laughs) so happy new year's so happy new year's as well um but 2022 we're expecting a lot of great stuff our discord will be officially open to everyone in 2022 so that's gonna be a lot of fun so be on the lookout for that um but beyond that we are going to take a little bit of an interesting turn you know last year in january we always do these very odd coverage in january and last year in january we actually did um uh, listener's choice so they chose our listeners right. all chose so you all chose and the year before that we actually did a blast of the past is what we did where we did most of these films that were kind of from the 60s and so on and so forth um but this time it is attack of the sequels we are covering only sequels this time around and i'm so excited about it starting with nia da costa's Candyman. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> so be ready because 2022, we're coming out fucking swinging. <laughs> well, this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Alongside me, we have Freddy, always giving it spoopy, always and forever, also known as Nighty Night. Our efforts to get this show is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us with five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over on patreon.com slash goodnightlife. That's like what they would. Okay. My pleasure on Patreon. You have access to the show ad-free and as early as Monday with a post-show. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.